0: Mark Spector is joining us for the Horses & Horse Racing Alberta. They've got the Canadian Derby. It's the 93rd running. It's Western Canada's biggest day in racing. It's going to take place Saturday, August 20th at Century Mile. Tickets are available now. How is this, uh, given the date and the context of the conversation, the anniversary 34 years ago of the Wayne Gretzky sale? That's what Glenn Sather called it. There's a horse entered in the Canadian Derby by the name of Slats. Thank you, Jeff Robillard, for passing along that information. I did not know that. Uh, there you have it. Without further ado, we re-engage Mr. Specter on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. What are the chances of that? Eh? Slats is the name of the horse.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? Slats is pretty old. I don't know if I bet on that horse right now. <laughs>
0: Might be pulling up in Lake Country these days. We'll have to wait and see. Spent so much time in Banff back in the day. Did uh, Glenn say there? All right. So, Spec, into the here and now. of uh, So, yes. Ken, Ken Holland was on yesterday. The regular season starts on October the 12th, it is currently August the 9th. I know there's people out there. The owners must get their cap situation under control right now. Eh, Not so fast. We have two months. Uh, And even Ken said yesterday, a lot of the managers... um you know, they'll, get, they'll watch the World Juniors and then uh, everything will get started up again after uh, Labor Day. Uh, should there be an expedited process for the Oilers to potentially look at alleviating their cap? That said, it should be stated that the Oilers could basically, he said McLeod's going to get done. Uh, the Oilers could run 12-6-2 and, and be under the cap, uh, especially when factoring in the LTIR. Uh, where, where's your headspace at it? Do they need to do something right away or can they take their time here?
2: Hey Bob, it's it's August here. We've got a lot Lots of time. There's no deadline that says you have to be cap compliant by August 15th. So no, there's, there's. I would also say to you that there is. I think I read Maddie say there's 12 teams that are over the cap right now the other day. Yeah. Uh, so Edmonton is it's nowhere close to being alone in this situation. And you know, and I would say, Bob Chikai, take it easy, folks. Enjoy your summer a little bit. Everybody, just let the nervousness down and. You know, Ken Holland will get to it. The next season will start. They'll have it done by then. Go to the lake. Go to the pool. Go to the folk fest. You know, have a cold one. Take it easy out there.
0: Yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, by the way, Speck, you well, you brought up Phil Kessel. When I look at the Edmonton, and I like Phil Kessel. Don't get me wrong. You can make an argument that way. I, I mean, right now I've got Hyman, Yarvey, Yamamoto, and Derek Ryan on the right side, um, okay. and on left wing. I have Vander Kane, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, Warren Fogel, uh, and Matthias Janmark, and then at center, I've got McDavid, Drysettle, McCloud, uh, and then potentially, sure, so I'm, I'm just going to throw a name out there, a guy that I'm somewhat surprised has not signed anywhere yet. So what's happened here is the free agents have been squeezed, the, the sort of support players have been squeezed, because there's 12 teams that are over the cap. Any any thoughts on a guy like Johan Larson?
2: Uh, they loved him in Buffalo, right? Everyone there loved him. Uh, I don't know the player really well. I'm not going to come on here and tell you I watched him a ton. Uh, I, I guess my question I would throw back to you, Bob, is you don't think that Derek Ryan can be your fourth CEA? You don't think he's your fourth? Well, five I center? think
0: I, I think maybe you know, like I, I just uh, Larson's got a little bit more bite to him than Derek Ryan. Probably probably a little quicker, quicker, younger. Uh, Larson's a 50% basically career face-off guy. Ryan's 56%. They could still play together and Ryan would take the right shot draws. Uh, mm-hmm. Larson's killed a lot of penalties. Probably played too much last year. I think he was around – he was almost 18 minutes a game in Arizona last year. I, I, I mean, when I look at – and here's where I'm going with this. You kind of got about – Ken Holland said yesterday, are we done? Well, we'll see. You know, there a guy, we can get, you know, 750, 8, 850. If you're a player right now and you don't have a contract – like, do you think you're getting $1.5 or $2 million anywhere? Like, maybe you're just looking to
2: punt for the next year. You know what I'm saying, Speck? Well, there's, there's two sets of players out there. There's always going to be a guy who just wants the most money. I get that, right? That's fair. But there's also a lot of guys, and you know, Larson maybe one, where he says, you know, this free agent season, uh, we had a swing and a miss, right? If I'm not signed by now, Bob, I've had a swing and a miss here. I, I'm I'm John Klingberg and I said, Okay, I gotta just do a one year deal. If I'm Johan Larson, I go, Okay, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, it didn't go the way I envisioned it going. So everybody he could probably sign for ten teams for a million or less at this point, because that's all anyone all the good teams. All they have left for acquisitions are going to be million dollars, as Ken Holland said, $752 bucks. So now he's just picking where he wants to play for a year. That's all he's doing. He's going to look at the field. He's going to say, well, there's six teams that offer me a deal. Here's where I want to be. Does he want to be in Edmonton? You better ask the player that. I don't know the answer to that. But if he's looking to have a good season, if he's looking to maybe try to win something, he's not getting $3 million now, Bob, no matter where he wants. No. So Edmonton at a million bucks, why not?
0: Well, I mean, he signed a two-year deal in Arizona spec. You know, and then and then got moved to Washington last year. So, I, I mean, I'll be interested to see what happens here because, to me, that might be the type of player, and, and people can jump aboard in Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Street. Mark, I thought he had a deal. Like, I thought he had a deal
2: on the 13th or the 14th of July. Something happened there. And well, he's also moved around a lot, Bob. How come? Yeah. Yeah. This guy plays a lot of... Sort of one and done's here, and I'd want to know the answer to that before I sign the player. Yeah.
0: Uh, this text comes in from Ryan out of Stoney. He says, Bob, looking at some of the names like Yurko, Haas, etc., from the 1819 Oilers. Actually, that was the 19. 20 orders. So it wasn't the 18, 19 orders. It was the 19, 20 orders. It shows you how much Holland has helped build this team. The final step, in my opinion, is the orders playing like a top eight team and forcing Holland to go all in at the trade deadline. And again, we talked about the fact that he's held on to his number ones. Mark, are the orders? Do you think they're a top um, top eight team this season? They finished 11th last year in the regular. Now it was a strange year because you know eight teams in the Eastern Conference finished over 100 points. Uh, that's that's an odd, you know, there was a real separation between the haves and the have-nots in the East. Yeah. Um, the Oilers had the second-best record in the Pacific Division, obviously. Calgary, uh, you know what, like if Calgary gets Nazem Kadri, and, and I don't know if they're going to, I think most people think it's the Islanders or Colorado are going to end up getting Kadri. If they get Kadri, and I don't know how they can do that beyond this year in Calgary, but if they get Kadri, I guess they got Lucic and Monahan coming off the books there. If they got Kadri with Huberto uh, and with Mackenzie Weger, they're better than they were last year, as far as I'm concerned. If they don't get them, I, I don't know if they're, you know, I mean, Nazem Kadri's a hell of a player. Uh, are the Oilers a top-eight team?
2: Well, I'd say are the Oilers a better team than they were last year? You know, it's just Jack Campbell, stabilize your goaltending. Uh, you know, Mike Smith was hurt so often. Are you a better team in goal? Because if you are, that's going to mean – five or six or seven points in the standings are you a deeper team up front you know you've got Kane from the start of the season now right yep. you've got you've probably you're going to have better depth uh among your forward lines are you a better team on defense well you're going to have Kulak from the start of the season uh Bouchard I think should be a better player this year than he was last year you don't have Duncan Keith anymore right and he was a stable stabilizing force back there for sure Uh, Sometimes guys in the first year of their contract, I don't think Darnell Nurse is going to be. She's a veteran player. But you never know how sometimes guys try to play like they're a $9 million player. But I guess my point would be this, Bob. I think incrementally the orders are a little bit better at, at all positions. Not a ton, but incrementally. So that takes you from 11th somewhere better than that. So, you know, if you've been 12th, 12th, 11th, I think, why can't you get in the top 10 this year? 9th, 8th, 7th? It's going to depend on injuries. It's going to depend on you know, sure. a whole bunch of things. But yeah, I think they're a, if they were eleventh last year, and they're a better team this year. Uh, to me, they got to be a top ten team. Mark,
0: did you think the Oilers were going to beat Calgary in a round two playoff series?
2: Um. Oh God, I I think I picked them to win. Did I? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, look, I broadcast the. my picks, but
0: look, I feared and
2: respected Calgary. Like they had, a,
0: they had a good team. Like they had a good team. They now they the one thing that a lot of the listeners that made this, uh, you know, brought up often just before that series started was how healthy Calgary had been the entire year. Now they have a big, heavy, tough team, but they were healthy. Like even they got they got COVID all at once. And it didn't pluck off two or three different guys out of their team. You know what I mean? Like, they were, they got it all at once and missed a bunch of time, and nobody missed any games. And, like, I think their defense was basically together the entire year
2: in Calgary. I don't think they missed a man game in their top six defensemen until, like, the last three weeks of the season. Somebody got hit. Yeah. But, yeah, they they were incredibly healthy all year long. There's no good doubt about that. Yeah, you know, like, I, I, Daryl Sutter did a good job
0: in the regular season. Uh, the, the top line played 87% all the time together. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Just, just, just. I'm going to throw this out there. I'm not saying Edmonton's going to do this. But if the Oilers played McDavid, Drysettle, and Kane together, like they did against the Calgary Flames, and they alternated, and Drysettle had to play on the wing because of the injury, uh, and they flip flopped Hyman and Kane a bit uh, in that series against Calgary. But if they played McDavid, Drysdale, and Kane together 87% of the time. Yeah. Wait, could you yeah, have three. Like, Calgary had three guys score 40 goals last year on that line. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, they call it the best line in the NHL, the best
2: five on five line in the national hockey That got absolutely, absolutely were.
0: blank and destroyed by McDavid and Drysettle in the playoffs. I they mean, did.
2: they got crazy.
0: Crushed. I think the Oilers outscored Calgary thirteen to 13 to five, when McDavid and Drysettle were on the ice five v five in that series. Mm-hmm. It's not bad.
2: No, well, and I think that's so we all learn a little lesson there. You know, when you looked at that series, if you could kind of, you know, put the blinders on and think about how we were talking before that battle of Alberta began. The first thing we said was Calgary has better goals goaltending. First thing we said, and nobody disputed that ball, right? No no one across the world of hockey would have said, oh, no, no, Edmonton's is better. They weren't. Calgary's was better. Well, in that series, Edmonton got better goals. Edmonton's, you know, Smith had better numbers than Markstrom by a large margin. Markstrom wasn't very good, full stop. I know McDavid and Dreisaitl are great, and they exploited him. He wasn't very good. That's all there was to it. So that was a complete surprise. And the other thing that happened that, that maybe we could have predicted, Bob, is Johnny Goodrell went away when the going went tough. And I've been saying that about Johnny Goodrow in Battles of Alberta for the last five or six years. When it gets a little snaky, Johnny Goodrow always disappeared. We probably should have predicted that. I didn't think Matthew Kachuk going go away the way he did, but Matthew Kachuk after game one was a rumor in that series. Uh, to me, uh, that's a huge red flag. He's the guy that stirs the drink at the Battle of Alberta. He stopped stirring the drink, He threw the straw, and ran like hell in that series. If I was Florida... I'd have watched a lot of film of that series before I gave Matt Chuck the deal I gave him. Uh, courtesy
0: of Dmitry Filipovich, um, McDavid had 11 primary points, Drysdale had 15 assists. The two of them outscored the Flames 13-4 to in 73 uh, minutes and 18 seconds of 5-on-5 five five minutes. 13-4 to at 5-on-5 five five scoring in five games,
2: Mark! Right. Like that's and the two- first one was a 9-6. Circus, fire wagon, hockey, like where your goalie counts. Yeah, where the <laughs> where the
0: goalie was given up was leaking some ugly goals. Yeah, uh, suffice yeah. to say,
2: counts,
0: you know. Yeah. No, it's, it's 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 there's there's no question. It's going to be fun. Quick hitter. Uh, the Edmonton Elks, Mark. Um, they're struggling against the Western Conference.
2: Okay. Struggling and, against everybody, Bob. Not no, more. Western Conference.
0: No, you're 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 incorrect. They've beaten teams from the East, haven't they? How many wins they got this year? Two. Uh, let's bring in Brendan. He's working on the Elks broadcast. Give us, <laughs> get, what, what's the numbers again? Okay, two stats for you. What's their record against the, the losing streak against the West, and how many have, since they've won at home?
1: It's been over a 1,000 days since they won at home. It was October 12th of 2019. Uh, BC was here. Okay. Um, they've lost 13 in a row, I believe, to the West Division. The two wins this year uh, coming against Montreal and Hamilton.
0: All right. Uh, so, All right. so uh, Speck, they play the Riders on Saturday. You're saying there's a chance, right? Well, is there a
2: chance? There's got to be at some point. You know, you and I were on the opposite side on, on the new on the head coach when they hired him, right? Chris Jones. You like, yeah, you like the Chris Jones hiring. I didn't like the Chris Jones hiring. That's fine. So the, the one thing we agreed on in that hire, Paul, and I think everyone agreed on, we can talk about the character. We can have the major complaint I had is Chris Jones always hangs around for a year and leaves, it leaves you high and dry. And everybody said, oh, that won't happen. That won't happen. And we'll wait and see on that. I'm not playing a yes. mystery here. Let's wait and see. But what we all agreed on was Chris Jones was a smart football guy with a ton of contacts, and he could build you a winner faster than everybody else could build you a winner. So that's his reputation, and I respect that that's his reputation. So it's time for Chris Jones to start living up to it, right? It's time for Chris Jones to put a team in the field that's not down 37-7 to 7 at halftime half the time. This is not a good team, Bob. They're not a competitive team most nights. And Chris Jones isn't getting the job done, full stop. Right? This guy's supposed to live up to what he's supposed to live up to. He ain't even close, Bob.
0: Yeah, so uh, the, thing that surpri- the thing that surprised me is the defense. Like, I mean, tr- the fastest way to that's turn things—the the fastest way to turn things around in football, because you got to develop quarterbacks. The fastest thing to turn around is defense and special teams, and yeah. they haven't been. Ex- he when the, when they went when they won the Great Cup in 2015 under Chris Jones, they had playmakers. Uh, and and, a, and on offense And obviously they had Mike Riley Obviously at that time they had Darrell Walker
2: But he to had go.
0: He had guys on defense That were difference makers That made plays and yep. it just I, I And I'm not watching I should almost defer to Brendan here because he's working On the broadcast. Brendan are, What's going on with the defense? Is it just too many injuries? Too much turnover? Why, ha, you know, have they Worn down, been on the field too much? What well, What's going on
1: here? Well, they're Yeah, I think the turnover is the biggest thing. They don't have a ton of playmakers out there. Guys like Aaron Grimes that were brought in to be playmakers haven't seen the field. Um, But there's been such a rotation that they all look like they can't communicate with one another. There was a lot of holes to be exposed. All right, there you go. Um,
0: Spec, one more for you. I know you're out at the lake driving back into town. We do have the World Junior Championship. There's three games today. Uh, Canada... Uh, starts tomorrow against your favorite country, Latvia. (laughs) Uh,
2: We'll be jumping the fire, Bob, if that one goes Latvia's way. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, let's uh,
0: (laughs) – It's it's look. It's a summer tournament. Several of the players from Team Canada that were part of things in December obviously have opted out, or no, uh, they're not playing in the in in, in this tournament now. Connor Bedard's still an electrifying, exciting player to see, but it is it's lost a little bit of luster, hasn't? it, Especially given some of the uh, ongoing investigation that's taking place with Hockey Canada
2: right now. Well, you know who I feel for Bob. I feel for a lot of the staff at EOG, right? The orders, the although this is obviously a Hockey Canada thing, the Oilers took this thing on and they were promoting it. They were selling tickets there. You know, the office staff that runs the orders has had this put on their plate. And, okay, we're going to do this once. We're going to have a World Junior that's going to move on. Well, they got it put on their plate two years ago. They had the bubble, which was a mountain of work to put on that bubble. They were very successful. That tournament went off. They tried to put it on last year. The opposite occurred. And here they are back in the summer one more time. This is kind of like the, the guest you invite over that never leaves, Bob. Um, you know, I just hope for everyone's sake, let's get this tournament played. Let's have the kids have their experience. Let's let the tournament, a gold medal, get hung around a bunch of kids necks, And maybe someone else can take on the World Junior. Because this one, whether it's cursed or, or whatever it is, the experience at Edmonton over the last two and a half years has been and a lot of hard work for not a lot of joy. Is that fair to say? 100%. Yeah. Spec, thanks for your time my man. All right, Bobby, talk to you on Friday.
0: You bet. That is Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec, again for the Horses and Horse Racing in Alberta, presenting the 93rd running of the Canadian Derby. It's Western Canada's biggest day in racing, and it takes place Saturday, August 20th at Century Mile, and tickets obviously are available uh, now. All right, we're going to take a time out, we'll get to some of your texts, and we're going to come back with NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. It's 124 in Ebiton, and you're listening to
1: Oilers now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg.
0: Great song. The On the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, my son Hudson has uh, pointed out to me over the years. Welcome back, everybody. 126 in Edmonton, our friends at Brent Ridge Ford want you to know they're currently stocked up with pre-owned Jeeps. A Honda CRV, Toyota RAV4, a Hyundai Santa Fe, options from Chevy, GMC, and Buick. And, of course, they boast a selection of quality used Ford products as well. At Brent Ridge Ford, they're your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Watasken. You can reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang. One eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three. And remember, cars cost less in Watasken. We go to NHL today. It is presented daily by our friends at Elite promotional marketing. Drew Shamahorn and his staff, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com
1: Here's Brendan Escott. Start in New York the Rangers naming uh, Jacob Truba, the 28th captain in franchise history 28 year old defenseman entering his fourth season with the team originally a Winnipeg Jet before the Rangers uh, acquired him for Neil Pionk. The Blue Shirts have been without a captain since Ryan McDonough was traded to Tampa in 2017, eight Nikola Waugh got a five-year contract extension from Vegas worth $3 million per season. The rebooted uh, World Juniors are already underway. That's the preliminary round. Yes, starting today at Rogers Place here in town. Three games on the schedule. Slovakia was leading Czechia 2-1 at last look. Finland taking on uh, Latvia and the United States played Germany. Canada's first game tomorrow night against Latvia the host beating Sweden 4-3 in a pre-tournament game last night. And Andrea Skinner has been appointed the interim chair of Hockey Canada's board of directors. Michael Brindamore resigning last week. Hockey Canada under the public and governmental microscope for its handling of sexual assault allegations against members of its uh, past junior men's hockey teams.
0: All right, there we go. Uh, Wow, all right. Got a couple of pretty interesting... T- I, I, maybe they weren't meant for me. Maybe they were sent in during Shea's show. They had something to do with some investigation in Donald Trump. I mean, unless uh, Donald Trump can win face-offs as a left-shot or right-shot center. I, I, I guess we are still talking left-wing and right-wing here. I think we know which side uh, that comes down on. Uh, anyhow, I digress. It's 129 at Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, the Edmonton oil kings today named... Serge Lejoie as their assistant coach. He'd spent three years coaching the Alberta Golden Bears, won a national championship there. He would coach the Kamloops Blazers. Uh, he has been involved uh, with elite programs the last couple of years. I'd say he's eminently overqualified to be an assistant coach in the, in the uh, Western Hockey League. And he joins us after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.